There has been a lot of buzz around India's digital rupee. Our finance minister has said that the Reserve Bank of India will come out with its central bank digital currency or CBDC. So what does that mean for us? Welcome back to Cut the Crypt with me Rohas Nagpal. Today I'll give you a deeper understanding into CBDC and also bring a guest on board who'll be asking some FAQs around CBDC. Let's first understand the legal issues. The Reserve Bank of India RBI has the sole right to issue banknotes in India. Till now banknotes were in physical form. Now the RBI Act has been amended and banknotes can be in physical or digital form. This may confuse you. After all, most of us are already using mobile banking. So we anyway use e-money or digital money. How would this CBDC be any different? Suppose you work for a startup that has an account with bank A and you have an account with bank B. When you get your salary, what happens? Some money moves from bank A to bank B. From a technological point of view, we can say that each bank has its own database and in the database it has the balances of each customer. So your salary payment involves two banks making some changes in their databases so that the startup's balance is reduced and your balance is increased. All payments today require banks. Now let's look at the Bitcoin world. Anyone can set up a wallet, a Bitcoin address and corresponding private key. To send Bitcoin to someone, you do not need a bank. You simply sign a transaction with your private key. This transaction would have the receiver's Bitcoin address and the amount you want to transfer. In a CBDC world, we would not need banks for making payments. The central bank of a country, RBI in our case, would run a technology platform of its own. Every citizen of the country would have an address on this platform and you would have a private key to sign transactions. You can consider CBDC to be a government-run version of Bitcoin. Of course, without the mining. Now let's look at some of the benefits. Today, criminals are able to open accounts in fake names. They can also pay poor people to open multiple bank accounts and hand over ATM cards. Then the criminals can carry out money laundering and other crimes using these accounts. In a CBDC world, that would not be possible. Everyone would have only one account and all transactions will be visible to the government in real time. Even tax evasion would become impossible. Some countries like China, Nigeria and the Bahamas have already launched their own CBDCs. Many other countries are working on CBDC and we can expect these to go live over the next few years. Now I'm going to move to the next segment of today's episode. When we were planning this episode, Ria, the producer of this podcast, came up with a few of her questions on the subject. So I thought why not bring her onto the podcast to have these answered. So let's hear from her. Hi Rohas, it's so good to be here on the podcast. Thank you for having me. It's nice to uh, be in the front end now instead of the back end. <laughs> <laughs> cool, yeah. So you know, Rohas, this I think this is a subject that um, you know it's so new right now, and there's um, a lot of thoughts, a lot of conjecture around it. So I just wanted to um, you know ask a few questions that uh, I have, and I would hope that even some of our listeners have, so it clears out some of their doubts. 
And I think the first question I have is, you know, one of the more basic ones, which is when can we expect the RBI to begin rolling out this digital currency? And, you know, what were the initial stages of this uh, rollout look like? That's an interesting question. So according to the finance minister's budget speech, we can expect the RBI to roll out its CBDC by 2023. And I'm guessing the first step would be to give all Indian citizens an address or an account number on the RBI's new platform. Now, that may be your PAN number, it may be an Aadhaar number, or it may be an altogether new one. So I think that would be the initial stage. Okay, okay. And in terms of the, you know, like initial stages of adoption, right? What would the initial stages of adoption look like? And how would we go from there to say widespread uh, adoption? So I think that the government may then probably demonetize most currency notes and only notes of say 100 and below may remain in paper form or coin form. And for everything else, we'll probably use the CBDC. But other than that, from an end user point of view, I don't think it would make too much of a difference to the way you anyway do things. So you know how easily we all shifted, you know, around demonetization and then UPI coming in, all of us very seamlessly moved to digital. Now the change would be even more seamless because for most of us, we won't even realize the difference. So I, I think it'll look pretty seamless. That's interesting because that was basically my next question, right? Like like you said, a lot of us have become comfortable with our digital payments, whether it's through UPI, you know, net banking. But at the end of the day, how would that mode of, you know, transactions and payment compare to the CBDC? Would I have, you know, two different apps? Would we see them being clubbed together? I think there's some gray area around that in my head. Like how would I, as a consumer, adopt to the digital currency? That's an interesting perspective. So if we look at some of the countries that are already experimenting or have gone live with their CBDCs, so they take different approaches. But in most approaches, it's a direct relationship between you and the central bank. And banks kind of become intermediaries who are not really needed in this process. So I think probably in the long run, all of us will end up with just one single app. And banks won't really make a difference anymore in that transaction. Banks will probably exit the payment system. I think the other question I had is, do you see any sort of resistance to this, right? Like, let's say there are people who are already, you know, comfortable and investing in crypto or are like, you know, well-versed. Um, but when it comes to this digital currency, do you see some resistance to adopting it? What do you think are some of the challenges to widespread adoption in the long run? Sure. See, first of all, I don't think we should uh, compare a CBDC to cryptocurrency because a CBDC is going to be absolute legal tender. Because it's money issued by the central bank. Cryptocurrencies, on the other hand, are completely different. Now, I don't really foresee much of resistance to this because it's like kind of, did we resist UPI payments, for example? No, we didn't. Because it was very easy to do and all of us realized that it's just regular money in an electronic form. So I'm sure we'll adapt very quickly to CBDCs also. In fact, they're the ultimate level of currency directly being issued by the government in an electronic form. So I'd say it's a lot better than what we already have today by way of e-money. Interesting. Another thought that comes to my mind, right, is like in in a country like India, right, where we have an urban population that's that's quick to adapt to new technology um, and new developments, um, and wherein, on the other hand, our, like digital penetration is not 
as strong, say, in rural areas, right? And and I feel like, you know, I'm not entirely aware of how the switch to, say, e-money has been um, in, in those areas. But, you know, since this is legal tender, since this is issued by the government, do you see the digital currency also being able to sort of penetrate the rural and the smaller uh, sort of towns in India? That's an interesting perspective. I think it would take time to reach there. Because even today, we can't say like everybody uses UPI or digital payments. So I'm we, we need to give it a few years. So I'm guessing it would start off with the metros, start off with the tier one cities, and then, you know, slowly it would make its way across the whole country. But it'll take time. It's not going to happen too fast. I'm guessing it would be about 2030. That could be the earliest when we can actually expect all payments to go digital. And I guess now I want to move um, some of my questions to the more sort of like logistical side of things. So one of the questions, and I think you may have answered this in part earlier, is will this digital you know, currency be based off of an existing blockchain or you know, will the government develop a different blockchain? How would it be mined? Sure. So I don't even think we need a blockchain for this. So which platform or which technology the central bank chooses is totally up to them. And probably they may even go for a non-blockchain solution for this. So that, that's actually a good question you ask because a lot of people have this misconception that to run a CBDC, you have to have a blockchain. No, you don't. It could be a regular tech platform also. Because, you know, there is no concept of mining and there is no concept of proof of work or proof of stake here. Because that's what happens in the crypto world. Because that's not really being issued by the central bank or the government. So here, the RBI would have a choice of a lot of different technologies that they could end up using. And I guess that's why, because, you know, when we think of Bitcoin, like Bitcoin had... From the start, there was like a finite amount, right, um, of Bitcoin available. And in terms of this uh, digital currency, how do you think the government will regulate the supply and demand, right? That's sort of another uh, question I've been, you know, mulling over. Absolutely. So the government or the central bank needs to keep issuing more currency. And you cannot predict how much new currency would be needed next year, for example. Which is why, again, you know, Bitcoin's a whole different concept. But in a CBDC, the government has got to respond to the realities of the monetary system or the market conditions. And that may require them to issue unlimited currency into the future. So that's the reason I feel that a blockchain may not even be the ideal for a CBDC. I'm assuming you do feel like hopeful about this digital currency, right? And the way it's going to sort of change things for us. Actually, it may not change much for us at the end. We may not even realize the difference. Like today, when you use a phone pay or a Google pay, I mean, you don't really see the friction anywhere because you've just tied up your account to it. And now it's just regular payments. So I'm sure once CBDC comes in, we'll adapt very fast and then we won't even see the difference anymore. For the end user, it's all going to look the same. And I guess the incentive behind a government having their own digital currency is that you know, that, like you said, it, it prevents fraud. It, you know, offers like also a layer of regulation, right? But other than that, what do you think is the incentive behind having your own digital currency? I'd say one of the biggest benefits would be that tax evasion could be absolutely nipped in the bud. A lot of criminal activities which require money laundering and other things would just kind of become impossible now. Because each of us would just have that one single address through which all our assets would flow in the long run. So maybe even, you know, trying to evade a loan after you've taken it and you're not paying. Maybe all that will also become things of the past because the moment money comes to your address, it may immediately be sent to pay your EMIs, for example. So defaults would also kind of become something of the past. 
of course it sounds like a very scary world today but i'm sure it's going to have a lot of benefits and all of us will get the benefit of that in the end i'm excited to see i'm excited to see how the digital currency comes into india and and uh, you know how we end up adopting it but uh, i think there's some a little bit of time to that still yeah well rohas thank you so much for answering my questions this helps i had all these awesome. sort of thoughts at the back of my head but this helps awesome Great. And to all our listeners, I hope you found this session helpful as well. Remember Rohas is always available to answer your questions. So if you have any questions, just head on over to audiowala.com/ask-rohas. You can record a voice note and be featured on the show whether you have a question about the digital currency that we just discussed or anything else that we've discussed in our previous episodes. And of course, this is a shameless plug. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the show and um, yeah, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week.